Hey everyone, welcome to the Cultivate Podcast with the Grove Church. I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor there, and thank you so much for joining us. And we have again with us, Mark Freeman. What's up, dude? It's good. Hey, thanks for being with us. Yeah. And thanks for just bearing with that last one. It helped me, it helped me though. It helped me to, it felt like I was at least talking to somebody. I could see somebody's face, like make sure I, because otherwise by myself, who knows? how long I would have gone and what I would have said and it would have just gotten lost. Yeah, but I'm just making fun of big words. Yeah, well, I mean, Is that helpful? Everybody's, 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 <laughs> got to, everybody's got to play a role and you, you, you played that role well. Uh, um, so we spent our first episode just kind of talking about what a denomination is. Mark and I talked a little bit of our background, talked a little about who we are as the Grove and kind of introduced the idea of why it's important to even have this conversation at all to kind of navigate all the different denominations kind of help us understand the people that we live next to, we work with, again, like places where our kids may go to vacation Bible school or our kids may visit another church's youth group or whatever. It's important to just kind of have some, some of that kind of knowledge. And then in the last episode, again, I kind of nerded out a little bit. We talked a little bit of church history, kind of to answer the big picture question of how did we get to this place, which Mark, you gave a much simpler, better answer, which was... <laughs> people. Yeah. You just can't get enough people. You get enough people together in a room and they're going to disagree and divide. It's just kind of the, the way sin and people work. And then I spent, I wouldn't say a large amount of time. It felt really quick to me. I could have talked a lot more, but a, a, a more lengthy historical answer as to kind of how specific, how people specifically played out, especially at a couple of key junctures with the great schism, with the Protestant reformation, those kinds of things that kind of really set the table for where we are today. And where we are today is pretty wild. There's a lot of different, a lot of different churches, a lot of different sorts of denominations out there. And it can be a little bit difficult to kind of navigate to even. And so one of the things that I really like to do is to try to think of things in terms of categories. And Mark, I don't know to what degree that you're like that, but you think about categories, like before we start talking about specific denominations, what are some of the major categories that you like to think of? Oh, this, this, these, these groups fall into this category and there's this category. What are some of the category breakdowns that? Hmm. You know, the, uh, are we talking about theologically or just, just anything? Anything. Yeah. I mean, what, what a denomination says about who Jesus is, you know, mm-hmm. who, who he is, how we relate to him, how we know him, how salvation is, is found. Right. There are some, you know, some big differences. It feels like, yeah. So, if the, the the main way to describe that would be, they're conservative churches and liberal churches. And now I use these words, and and we typically associate them with politics. And we may come to politics, political divisions at some point. But in a non-political sense, there is a there is a conservative church and a liberal church, and both churches sorts of churches would embrace those monikers. They're, 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 not, they're not pejoratives to anybody. Those are just how they would describe themselves to some degree. So a conservative church in this sense are the churches that will take the Bible at face value, like believe in some a really high, they have a real high sense of the authority of God's word. I believe this because the Bible says it. So they have a high, a, a high view of scripture in that way. And then they also, like you say, they believe they believe you typically believe Jesus literally is the Son of God, mm-hmm. right? And 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 in some way, the exclusivity of Jesus, Jesus being the only hope 
And so again, as with most things, there's a spectrum, but that's kind of what you think of your conservative churches and your more liberal churches will be, well, you know, we believe that the scripture is valuable. It is, it is important, but it's not completely authoritative. We don't want just because some guy 3000 years ago said, this is what sex is supposed to be. doesn't mean we believe that that's what sex is supposed to be, that there are other things that play into that. And will typically be what is called more inclusive. You know, there are more ways to experience God than just through Jesus. And so you can think of some extremely liberal churches. Like, hey, man, just believe whatever. Extremely conservative churches. And again, we're not talking about whether, whether or not they believe in high taxes and a welfare, like a, like a, like a safety net, social safety net or gun control. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about just theologically. So we can imagine a spectrum there. So that, that's kind of is, that's kind of one of our big categories, Mm -hmm. the conservative versus liberal. So evangelical, could you, would you say that both groups could be evangelical or just between those two categories? I'm I'm trying to draw a third circle, I guess. So an, an evangelical church at its, at its strictest, I, I guess at its most strict definition, an evangelical church speaks to a particular timeline. Evangelical churches don't exist anymore because it was from a particular time period. But in a, in a broader sense, we use this word evangelical. And what we mean is a church that believes that you become a Christian by a declaration of faith and you are, quote, born again. God changes you. Jesus comes into your life. And so I would say that all evangelical churches are conservative theologically, but not all conservative theological churches are evangelical. You can be in a conservative church with a high view of the Bible, believes Jesus Christ is the only way, and Jesus is the Son of God, and not be an evangelical church, but a mainline church. And a mainline denominational church, for lack of a better sense, is just kind of your you're more old school, a little more formal, baptizing babies, really kind of have a more direct link to the early days of the Protestant Reformation of high, high forms of church and high forms of sacraments. Is it, is it, we, we probably don't even know what that means. High form versus low form is just a way of saying fancy and not fancy. A high form of church, the, guy, the priest is in a robe, somebody's in a robe, wearing a collar, there's gold things. We're repeating, we're repeating a lot of the same stuff. We refer to baptism and communion. We refer to them as sacraments. I mean, just kind of more formal structured churches referred to as high church. And then low church is pastors wearing jeans and (laughs) we got, and and yeah, it's not even just guitars. I mean, even the Southern Baptist church I grew up in, the pastor was wearing a suit and it was a pipe organ and a piano that was, that was still low church because it was different. It was, we didn't, we didn't follow a liturgical calendar. We didn't repeat a lot of the same things, suit versus robe. They were, they were, they were not sacraments. They were ordinances, those sorts of things. And so within conservative churches, you can have evangelical or mainline within your more liberal churches. You could have your, your mainline denominations or just kind of just some more, just way, just more, just open. They could, they could be more informal. They could be low church, high church versus low church. You can have high church, low church anywhere and evangelical churches 
could theoretically be high church, low church, but by and large, evangelical and mainline are two different things where I believe you become a Christian versus you're baptized into the church as a, as a baby. Oh, that's your definition of mainline? It is, that is definitely a major part of most gotcha. of your mainline church. It's, it's certainly what makes someone non-evangelical. Hmm. And evangelical believes that you become a Christian by, by, by a choice that you make. Or maybe, oh, you know, I'm not saying that's not a predestination argument, even if God is the one that made the choice for you. It is, it is a right, decision that a... is made. It is a moment. At, there's a moment in time when you weren't a Christian, a decision is made, you become a Christian, as opposed to you're a baby, you're baptized, and you're baptized into the church. You become a member of the church. You're a part of the church family that then you're confirmed later is a primary characteristic of your mainline denominations mm-hmm. versus evangelical churches. And so you're not going to find any evangelical churches in these liberal things. Even though you may find a liberal church that comes from, you know, that has Baptist in its name, you know, so it comes from a, has a mainline, it, ha, it has an evangelical denominational name in its history but in practice and belief anymore, it no longer believes evangelical doctrines. So you're going to find evangelicals exclusively on the Christian side, but you'll find high church, low church anywhere, and you'll find mainline denominations anywhere. Because that's one of the big categories, I think, I th- not categories, but like one of the things I think is really important. So your long-standing mainline denominations, Methodist, Presbyterians, Lutherans, you have no idea what you're getting just because it says Lutheran or says Methodist or says Presbyterian. It could be, it has a, it has a, there is an incredible amount of diversity because even within those broader categories of Lutheran, Presbyterian, and uh, Methodist, there are several subcategories that are their own independent nominations that will be anywhere from incredibly conservative to incredibly liberal and anything in between. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Your friend at Chick-fil-A was making the true statement just that you just don't know today. Right. You know, whatever sign there is, you know. Right. Behind, behind it, there's a story. And there's, that, yeah, and there's plenty of churches that don't have any denominational attachment to their name. But they're... Yeah. Yeah. I refer to them as stealth Baptists. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're Freedom Church or, you know, Journey Church or the Grove Church. But then you have to you have to dig around a little bit. Oh, this is Presbyterian Christ Community right. Church in Fayetteville is a Presbyterian church. It's not Christ Community Presbyterian Church in its name, or Hill City Church, mm-hmm. right? It's a Baptist church. But it doesn't have it. Doesn't have it in its name. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you got to ask if you want to know about a particular church. You got to dig a little. You got to dig a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There's another one that originated a church that I was familiar with originated from a church of Christ split mm-hmm. a long time ago, but you wouldn't know it today until, right. you know, maybe you were in a small group and you started to talk about different doctrines or, you know, and that's the interesting thing about church of Christ. I think every, everybody except people who go to church of Christ would agree that church of Christ is a denomination, but in its strictest sense, actually it isn't. There is not, that is part of their core belief system is that there is no, each church is an independent church. So they obviously all, they all believe the same things and they think the same way with, with, with some, with, I'm out, if you encounter a church, church of Christ church every now and then we'll have a little bit, a little bit of instrumental music or just a little bit less 
intense, right? That was a good uh, dance move. I yeah, wish that yeah, could have. Yeah, we got some of it on video. Um, there's a little less, but, but by and large, there's a lot of unity there, but there's no structural connection between them to the degree that some, some, some of them would be considered landmark kind of churches, which means really the only church that exists is the local church. There is no such thing as a global church. There is no universal. There's only the individual church. And so the only church that matters to you is the church that you currently go to. That church across the street doesn't mean anything. It's not, that's not the church. This is the church. That's not the church. We don't know what, that, that, no. The only church that exists is the current local body that I'm a part of. And so as such, they are very anti-denominational structure, even though it seems like in almost every way possible, it's a denomination. But just be careful. Don't refer to them as a denomination or you'll be in a conversation you don't mean to be into. See? And these are the reasons why it's, it's important to us for these things. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. You, need, you need to know. Okay, so we've got conservative and liberal, which helps us understand, you know, who they really believe Jesus to be. We've got evangelical and mainline, which really helps us. Are you, do you become a Christian by an act of faith? Or are you, are you primary, is it possible at least to be kind of born into the church family? Any other big kind of divisions of kind of categories of church come to your mind? Man, it seems like what uh, a group decides they're going to do with the Holy Spirit is a big, yeah, for sure. A big piece. So that would be the way that you would describe that is charismatic versus non-charismatic churches. And some people will make that, make, make, make the category, make it actually the evangelical mainline charismatic, that those are three different categories on the same spectrum that you can, that you are either, you are one of those three, which I, I see that a little bit less because I feel like there's, I mean, assemblies of God in a very real sense are evangelical. They are, you must put, put your faith in Jesus. And so I see some overlap there. I mean, I would, I would say that I would say mainline there's, but mainlines typically are not charismatic denominations, but even in some of your non-charismatic denominations, you can find a charismatic feeling kind of church. I mean, there you can end up at a Presbyterian church where the Presbyterian pastors got a little bit of that Holy Spirit energy in him. And even though by denomination, it's not charismatic. Maybe that particular individual one was. But again, if we're thinking about denominations, I think there are some clarity to those categories. Evangelical, evangelical non-charismatic. I become a Christian, but I do not believe that there is a second blessing of the Holy Spirit that comes. There's your main lines where some people may become Christians, but by and large, you know, babies, babies enter the church through baptism and through a, just being entering into the church. And then you've got your charismatics who by and large are evangelical theologically, but denominationally could be considered their own category. But like the Catholic church, for sure, I know a lot of Catholic churches will have almost like a Saturday night service sometimes that has a more charismatic flair to it. And some other denominations will too, where there's like, hey, you're still under our umbrella, but you seem to kind of have that more second blessing, charismatic Holy Spirit vibe. But you're not, they're not wanting to lead the denomination so they may have another church within the denomination or just even their own kind of subset within that particular church. There was quite a 
a, a, a movement of charismatic Catholics there for a hot minute 20, 30 years ago. Hmm. I've lost touch with whether or not that's still, if that's still a thing. Is that high church or low church or mid church? Wow. Now you're blowing my mind, Mark. Could, could you have a Catholic charismatic high church service? What, it, what would it, that... it would, it would, it would have, it would definitely have elements of both, uh-huh. which is again, why most things like this are more, more of a spectrum rather than on off. Yes. No. I mean, you have, you probably, they probably follow some sort of liturgy, right? The priest is probably still administering the sacraments in a very particular way, but they're also prone to more spot, probably parts of their service are more spontaneous and would have a more low church feel to them. So I think historically, I think we've kind of hit the main categories, right? The, 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 how, how we, how we view the sacraments, right? How we view those things like baptism and the Lord's supper, charismatic, non-charismatic, conservative theology versus liberal theology. But it feels to me now like by more and more, more and more the politics of a particular church mm-hmm. are the kind of things that are dividing. I mean, it's, it's happened sure. very recently with a lot of different churches, a lot of church denominations around what we could call political positions. I mean, they're, they're connected to a little bit to the the, the leadership structure of how a church organizes. So can a homosexual become a member of a church? Can a homosexual be a pastor in a church or an elder? Can a woman be an elder or a pastor in a church? Those really aren't necessary. I mean, everything's theological to a degree. Those aren't, but those, those are more practical questions. They're more connected to a, a current, our current political environment. And we're seeing those issues just very recently. The, the homosexual issue has brought a division in the Methodist church and the Southern Baptists are neck deep right now in some pretty serious debate and conflict really about whether or not churches that ordain women to be lead pastors can continue to remain Southern Baptist churches. And so we're starting to see a lot more divisions now along those lines around I guess better than political would be social, social issues that have obviously a theological component. There's a, there's a biblical reason why churches take one side or the other, but they're not, I wouldn't say at their essence. I would say that they're, I say that they're more social than theological. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Even, you know, what a church decided to do with COVID, you know, brought brought division, right? Right. And in churches that agreed to handle it this way, Mm -hmm. they, you know, they were connected and separate from and pointing fingers and, and, you know, calling names at the group that chose to handle it a different way. <laughs> right. Right, 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 right. All right. So in the couple of minutes we have left, let's just start, let's just start trying to categorize some, at least some of the, some of the main ones. So we'll start with the charismatic churches. Cause that's probably the, the easiest ones to, to kind of, let's, let's, let's maybe, so pop popcorn this a little bit, right? We got a, we got assemblies of God. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Pentecostal, right? This on the spot. So you talking about yeah, names? like n- denominations that would fall into that charismatic? Oh, Church of God, Church of God in Christ, Apostolic. You know those those are those are those churches really kind of fall into that charismatic category. You also want to be on the lookout when thinking about a particular charismatic church for the word united, like a united Pentecostal church. Typically, those churches are Unitarians. 
which means that they don't believe in the Trinity. They essentially believe that God is one. There's one God, one person who reveals himself as different. Sometimes he looks like the spirit. Sometimes he looks like, that's called modalism. We've talked about that. If you've been, if you've been along at the beginning of this podcast long enough to remember, hey, I remember when Char- Charlie talked Talk about, about modalism. modalism, like kudos to you. Yeah, you get a gold star. Yeah. Yeah, and and so, and you know, some apostolic churches are going to have some pretty, are going to have some different views about leaders and the authority that leaders have over a church. And by and large, again, some of these um, more conservative, even I mean, conservative, charismatic churches, they're going to be very, they're going to be very pastor driven, pastor led, like in a very, very strong way. Are going to have very strong, believe in a very strong leader. And so those are those are your primary your your the, the main charismatic ones. And as far as the one, if you're if you're listening to this podcast, unless you're listening to it accidentally, the the one that would probably would feel the closest to what you have experienced at the Grove, probably Assemblies of God. They're probably the most mainstreamy one as far as you walk in. It, it you know they're they may have some supernatural elements in their service, but less so than some of these other ones. And the worship and the preaching style will be pretty similar, even though it also has this kind of charismatic theology underlining it. All right, our mainline denominations, what did we say they were? Uh, Methodists. Methodists. Presbyterians. Presbyterians. Lutherans. Those are, kind of your, those are kind of your three main ones. I guess we could add the Episcopalians to that. And the thing that I would say about all four of those is the biggest asterisk, it depends in the world. Because, I mean, there are, there are multiple Lutheran churches and multiple Presbyterian churches just in Fayetteville alone, and they are radically, radically different. From ranging from the in, in extremely conservative, borderline evangelical to, is that really, I don't, I don't know that the people that went to that church would say that it, I don't know that they would say it was Christian. Not a, I'm not me in a judgmental way saying that's not Christian. I'm saying like, I think they, they would say that they are more ecumenical and spiritual rather than narrowly Christian. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, not throwing a rock. I'm just saying there's just a lot of diversity. And especially now in the split in the Methodist church, there's going to be even more diversity around that as far as conservative to liberal theology, conservative to liberal social issues, those kinds of things has recently div- div- divided it. I mean, the things that you're going to find that unite those churches really going to be around more practice now. You know, the, what we think about baptism, what we think about the Lord's Supper, the way that our worship services are structured. But amongst those in your mainline denominations, you'd have, you'd have to do, do your due diligence on the website. Uh, if somebody say, hey, my, my son is considering visiting a Presbyterian church while he's in college. What do you think about that? You know, I, I need, I need, we need, I need a lot more information. I need a lot more information, as opposed to say the Southern Baptist Church, where there will be some diversity there, but with ninety percent certainty, you've got a pretty good idea that this is going to be both a conservative and political, like both theologically and socially, pretty conservative church. It's going to be pretty evangelical, but. There's not a whole lot of diversity as opposed to some of these mainline denominations where there's just going to be way more diversity. Catholics, I, mean, I guess I guess we talked about that. That's that's we talked about that a little bit in the last one. Catholic versus Protestant. Mm-hmm. 
So there's three categories, Orthodox, which we talked about, Catholic, and then everything else essentially is Protestant. If your origin story comes from Martin Luther in that situation, the 1500s, everybody's Protestant. Catholics, a lot of diversity there too. The more and more Catholics I meet, the more I just, I mean, there's some Catholic people that have come to the church that would have not disagreed with one thing that I've said and really are just more like, this is just a lot more informal than what I'm accustomed to. To people who Catholics just have a very different theological perspective than we do all together. And I think if you think, like, if you think, man, your denomination is at a minimum 1,700 years old versus, or maybe even 2,000 years old, depending on your perspective. If you're able to stay together that, that long, you're probably just going to have a lot of diversity to it. Mm-hmm. And they're more likely, Catholics are more likely to kind of stick together because they have like a more family connect. We, we identify as Catholic. So you're less likely, even if you decide that I disagree with everything this guy's saying, you're less likely to leave. Because this is who it's I a am. Mm. Right? So it's a family thing. And so then over time, you'll just find that there's just a lot more diversity between Catholic churches and even within a Catholic church as far as what they believe socially. You know, you think, you think of well, what, what, what Catholics believe socially is very conservative. They're very pro-life, very anti-divorce. They don't, they don't believe in homosexuality. They believe that homosexuality is sinful. And there are a lot of very prominent Democratic leaders, Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, to be two that are, would say that they are very staunch Catholics, you know? And so there's, you can't, you, those, your main lines and your Catholics are like, I don't know. I guess I can't just shrug on yeah. a primarily audio <laughs> podcast. I feel like I need to give a description of whatever Let me that tell was. you what Charlie's doing right now. <laughs> Anybody else? I mean, sure we need to make sure we kind of like, I, f- I feel like I don't want to, I don't want to under over promise and under deliver and kind of helping us understand any covered the main ones. Yeah. I think so. All right. Well, we got another episode to kind of wrap this up a little bit to kind of just talk about why this matters. And if we think of any other groups that we need to make sure we give some identity to, to kind of help people understand, we can do that then. Mark, thanks again oh, yeah. for being with us. Thank you for uh, being with us as well. I encourage you to come back. We're going to spend some last time just kind of talking about more practical applications and kind of how we need to best navigate this and kind of, you know, kind of what, what does all this mean? If there is all this diversity out there and all these different groups from all these different perspectives, what does that really mean for me in my day-to-day life? And so how to, and what groups, are there any groups out there that I need to be particularly more careful about. We'll talk about that, the difference between cults and denominations, get some of that here in a little bit. So I encourage you to join us. And as always, encourage you to join us uh, in a deeper way at The Grove if you're not a part. You can go to thegrovechurch.org slash connect. You can fill out a form there. Let us know that you've been listening and you can find out about our services that we stream and our live services as well, as well as anything that you want to know about our church, you can find there. And again, no matter whether you're part of the Grove or not, you're local or not, thank you so much for joining us and look forward to talking to you next time.